0: Fins to Foresters, welcome! We're coming at you live from frickin' Anchorage, frickin'
1: Alaska. Except for for, this is being recorded. It's not live. It's live right now. It's it's a live recorded
0: album with only one track. But it's from Anchorage, Alaska, which is really cool. I don't get to do them outside of the house very often. uh, And I don't get to do them with other people very often. But those are the best ones so far, and I'm glad that I'm getting to do another one of those today. So, I'm here with the one and the only. He's in my phone as the real Grant Ford Robinson. Grant, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Welcome to Alaska.
0: Thank you. So, Grant is the whole reason that I'm in Alaska. Uh, he's moved here. When did you move here?
1: January of
0: 2019. Okay. Okay. So Grant's been here about a year and a half. Uh, I flopped trying to come up here last summer, but it's a it's a good thing, because timing and world situation-wise, this turned out to be a really, really good time to come to Alaska. Uh, but we'll get into all that in just a second, very quickly. Let me begin with our verse of the episode, the verse of the pod, which is going to be Psalm 118, 24. Grant, do you know it by heart? I do not. I don't either. I had to pull it up. But it's one everybody's heard. We've heard this before. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grant's dad is the music minister at my church, Central Baptist Fountain City, and I remember us singing lots of songs, at least one song in particular. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will be exceeding glad. And that's, that's where it comes from. So, fun fact. Can you tell we're a little fired up? If you are watching on YouTube, which is going to be at least three or four days after this is recorded because of where we're going, you see that we're both sipping on a little Starbucks Frappuccino goodness. Well, that's only because we've reached peak masculinity while being here in Alaska, and sometimes you just need a you need little, what was this, the, the Frappuccino Mocha Cookie Crumble. Grande Mocha Cookie Crumble This is going to get us to Talkeetna That's where we're going Uh, We're actually pit stopping in Wasilla We're going to say hello to Sarah Palin If we see her, we probably won't But uh, Wasilla for Some groceries, some food Food and drink And ice Oreos are on the list And then we're going to Talkeetna Where we're camping tonight with 14, 15 people We don't know We know that a friend of Grant's has three campsites reserved for us, and then we're taking a train to the Susitna River, up the Susitna River, and then we're rafting down over the next three days. But we can talk about that when we get back. What I want to do right now is talk to Grant about what he does up here, what he's been doing the last year and a half, and what we've done just in the last two or three days since we've been in Alaska. So, Grant has a really cool job. Grant... Just as much as you want to delve into what
1: you do, tell us. Tell the fine people. Well, so I work for the local NBC affiliate, KTUU Channel 2. Um, I got an email after putting up some stuff on YouTube, and t- they said, hey, we have a job opening. You should apply. And so I did, and then obviously I ended up taking a job up here. I'm a reporter there, basically. I'm a reporter and videographer. shoot... Right, edit all their own video and whatnot. Um, we're all general assignment reporters, but I do a lot of outdoor and environmental stuff. And so, uh, during the summers, we have a long-standing series. It's just the fishing report, and it is kind of what it sounds like. You go out and talk about fishing with different folks and go out fishing. It's it's a pretty unique, a unique place for sure. Not something you see on most local news stations and it was fun because we got i got
0: to be a part of the latest fishing report episode because timing wise it worked out really well Um, i was here for the opening day of lean cod season which if you were like me you've never heard or seen a lean cod if you look them up what i thought they looked like i think they look like giant walleye with big heads is what they look like to me um so we were here for lingcod season when it opened on July 1st. It's July 3rd right now uh, when this is being recorded, but we got to go out with a guy named Hunter Keo, who he and his father run Keo's Guide Service. It's out of Danilchik, and we had about a two-and-a-half-hour boat ride out into the Alaskan Gulf. It was freaking awesome, and, we ab- and as far as fishing goes, we absolutely kicked their teeth in all day long, which... So far, I feel like I've gotten really lucky on saltwater trips, and you usually catch them really good on saltwater because it's just more fun and bigger fish than freshwater. But we smashed them. We caught lane cod, we caught halibut, we caught black bass, which are a type of rockfish. There's tons of different types of rockfish. Grant caught a copper one. Uh, we caught yelloweye. We caught kelp greenling. I'm getting these names better. I'm getting them in my head now. 100% right there. I, I, yeah, I didn't miss a beat. I've I've had the bad habit of calling the rockfish rock bass. But they're not rock bass. It's something different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just so cool. And it's so foreign to what I'm used to doing, which is what's so fun about it. Because we threw... We were throwing... It was 65-pound braid, which isn't anything outrageous. We've got that occasionally in the bass world. But you're throwing literally a one pound jig head. A 16 ounce jig head with probably an eight or 10 inch grub, huge grub. It's about as big around as, that's nah, not as big around as your wrist, but it's, it's big around as something. Uh, and your fish I mean we were fishing it from 100 to 220 feet deep and just jigging it. He said three, he said every, those big reels is about 37 inches a turn. So five, you'd let it hit the bottom, crank it four or five times, sit there and jig it. And then you just winch them up and gosh it was fun Um, you could keep two ling caught a piece you could keep two halibut a piece you could keep i don't know how many yellow eye one yellow eye yeah one yellow eye four rock fish and our boats that had six people fishing we caught we just about caught our limit and everything and we're passing there's a bass pro the anchorage bass pro
1: Oh, got those down. We have a Bass Pro We have Cabela's. a Bass Pro and, yeah. Oh, you do? Bass Pro and Cabela's and two Costco's. Wow. You're loaded for bear.
0: So, anyways, that was a blast. And it was fun because on the way... So, we got... It was rough. Like, it was not... It was choppy. Like, worse than choppy. I, I asked Hunter, our captain, I said... Oh, that's all right. Speed card full. Uh, that's false. But, anyways... I asked Hunter our captain I said so is this pretty normal as far as water conditions go and he said no this is pretty crappy this is pretty terrible water uh, cause it I mean it, we were in a 28 foot no we were in a 30 foot boat uh Koffler. every boat brand I've seen up here I have not heard of uh, just about but we were in a coffler it was 30 feet long it had two 250 shows so a motor I'm used to I couldn't believe how fast our bass boats go um uh, but I mean, there were times where the back end would drop into the bottom of a wave, and I'd look up, and the wave coming was taller than I was, standing on the back of the boat. Not very often, but it happened three or four times. He's like, no, this, this is pretty crappy. Um, there's only one other boat we ever saw out there. Uh, and, yeah, man, it was fun. We ran back in. He said, we'll stop somewhere in some calmer water and see if we can catch some rock bass. And, crap, no, dang it. Ah, I've been doing so good. Rockfish. And sure enough, I mean, we pull up, grab him. He's like let me go see what these are, drop a spoon down, catches one on his first drop, and he says, all right, y'all better grab a rod, and then that was, it was not very common where there wasn't somebody hooked up, out deep, catching the lingcod, but it was like every drop, everybody was catching one when we were in the rock fish. so that was, and they're not nearly as big, but they're, they're going to eat good, we ended up having 56 pounds of fish that we picked up coming back today. And um, because we left the boat in the Nilchik and went to Homer, so what is Homer kind of known? How would you summarize
1: Homer? Well, Homer is the halibut capital of the world. That's how they market it themselves. Um, it's a very so so it's a fishing town, but it's got also a kind of hotbed for uh, visual artists in Alaska, as well as other different types of art. It's the last thing on the road system on the Kenai Peninsula. So it's literally the end of the road. And it's just a really... It's a really neat spot that even a lot of Alaskans like to visit because there's usually really good food, really good restaurants. Um, it's just a long drive. It's... it's With construction, you're looking at five hours from Anchorage, so... And that's something that just, we've gotten really lucky with, apparently, is construction because
0: just... I'm assuming just from how hard the winters are is the majority of why so much construction has to happen. I mean, it's, that's a loaded question. Okay, so there something else I've learned. There are a lot of loaded questions that have very intricate and complex answers in Alaska. For instance, the pebble mine. I don't even... I've been here for three days. I can already tell you, I hate the pebble mine. I'm getting me a no pebble mine sticker. Before I leave, and apparently there, we may be stopping somewhere I can get a no pebble mine buff. Well, by gosh, I'm gonna rip it and try to find a sticker for my car. Anyways, yeah, it's it's very 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 different. There's just Grant could obviously go into a lot more depth with that. Would we would be here for days, but it's very obvious that there are a whole lot of issues that are very specific to Alaska that nobody else in the country has ever heard of thought of or has to even remotely deal with so that's been interesting to try and grasp some of that that goes on here but homer was very very cool we stayed in probably the coolest airbnb on earth i think that's may be a fair statement maybe not but we stayed in a really really cool spot it was cottonwood cabins was the name of it and it's a it's a their setup is at a working greenhouse, because apparently businesses here will rent plants in the warm season to put outside of their businesses, and, and this place supplies those. But they've got an Airstream trailer, an A-frame cabin. The cottage is where we stay. That's inside of a greenhouse. It's essentially a dry cabin in a, in a greenhouse. They've got a. Which what is a dry cabin? Sam? A dry cabin I now know is a cabin with no running water we stayed in them, well, three nights in a row now. we stayed in dry cabins. One on, was, would you say on the Clam Gulch or in Clam Gulch? In. In Clam Gulch, we stayed at a dry cabin. That was very, very cool. That's, that's what, I feel like if you Googled a remote dry cabin pictures, that's what would pop up. It was very neat um, and in a really pretty spot. And then we stayed at the Airbnb in Homer. But it's a cabin with no running water, which I felt stupid when I asked, and that was the response I got. It's dry because there's no running water. That makes a lot of sense, which is why there are outhouses there. But, anyways, uh, and there's a four story treehouse. Two of them that you can rent that are on there that you can, yeah, rent for Airbnb or on the second floor. That are, they're literally just a cabin or a treehouse that these people have built by hand and says it's been there for about 20 years they built these two. There's a little third floor commons area. It's, they've got a bunch of old records. You'll have to... There, there's going to be a YouTube video. There is a YouTube video up. Um, unless you're listening to this within the last six hours of it being posted. There's a YouTube video up. The end of the Linkot opener video, there's a, a tour of the whole place where we're staying. And it's It's very, very neat. And, and super cool, friendly people that, that ran it. Um, but Homer really good food Anchorage really good food uh, I mean you're freaking in the middle of some of the best fishing sh- I mean shrimp day night my fiance can't eat shrimp so now that I'm gone for a week I'm gonna eat all the shrimp I can possibly eat but yeah so now we're in the car we've been in the car all day going from Homer to Anchorage now we're going from Anchorage to Wasilla to w- Talkeetna. man which is how many miles I have no idea. Well, it was 200 from Anchorage from Homer. I don't know how many miles it is to Talkeetna. I could look at this thing and... Is this taking us to Wasilla? It's taking us to the Fredmire. So we're 32 minutes from the Fredmire in Wasilla. I don't know. How many miles is it? It's a lot of miles. It's It's a a lot lot of miles. It's a lot. Thankfully, there has not been construction. It's July 4th weekend, so it seems like they've shut some of that down to let the traffic flow like wine. And we haven't hit any. And we just passed a moose sign, which reminds me, I've seen three freaking moose. He said that you may not see them this time of year. It's not nearly as common as the winter, but by gosh, we've seen them. I saw three. I saw well, all three of them yesterday. No, I saw two of them on the first. I saw one yesterday. But yeah, three moose, and we were close to all of them. It's not like I had to glass them from a top of a ridge. They were hundreds of yards away. They were right off the road. Uh, we've seen moose, we've seen doll sheep, we've seen sea lions, we've seen humpback whales. And we're getting the full Alaskan experience. I thought that I wanted to see a black bear when we were trout and salmon fishing. and then I got in the water and realized that I couldn't move. I was pretty immobile. and I realized yeah that would be okay with not seeing a bear right here. But anyways, we're back we've left anchors. we went and picked up the raft. It's a raft that'll hold three people. It's big. Like When we blow it up, I feel like it's going to be a big boat. Oh, well, it's 15 feet. Yeah. It's a, okay.
1: It'll hold a lot.
0: Yeah, so we've got a 15-foot inflatable raft that we've rented. Uh, you can't see out of the back window of the car if you're seeing the video. That's clear. Uh, yeah, because we're loaded down for four days of... Three days of floating and camping. Big group of people going, it's going to be a blast. Uh, so... We've done a lot in just three days. Grant's been here a year and a half, so I'm curious, and I, I, don't, I don't think I will know the answer is probably any of these things, but I'd said yesterday, I probably wouldn't want to be here in the wintertime just for the cold, but Grant was telling me all the things to do in the wintertime. He said there's just as much or more things to do in the winter than there is to do in the summer. So I'm curious, what is your, we'll do a favorite thing you've done since you've been in Alaska. Favorites, and then a favorite summertime and favorite winter, which I guess one of the two is going to be your favorite of all time. But favorite summer and winter time thing
1: you've gotten to do? Probably the the most fun thing that I've done that I had. Well, there, there's a, I mean, there's a, so many things I did not expect to do when I moved up here that I've done. But probably my favorite is learning how to scuba dive. Oh, I forgot about that. And yeah, so I got my. Scuba certification, and did that in either November or December. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So that, and that's actually a really cool time to dive because right now the water is super full of uh, plankton and all this uh, like algae and, and stuff, which is why there's so many whales and all those things up here because they're up here feeding in the summer because there's so much food for them, but that really decreases your visibility for diving, so diving in the winter is super cool, plus you're wearing a dry suit anyway, so you have like a, a, I mean, people in Alaska and in the north would compare it to like what you wear as a base layer for when you're snow machining, but if you've never done that, it's basically like a two to three inch thick, um, like, polish. Not, I don't know exactly what it is, but insulating suit you get into, then you put the dry suit on on top of that. So as long as you stay stay dry, you're 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 warm. Um, and that goes, you know, from head all the way up to your neck. Then I have dry gloves, so my hands never even touch the water. Just a little bit of skin around the edge of my face, but then that goes numb, and then you're golden. <laughs> Once you uh, can't feel it, it's not cold. Yeah, so that's that's probably just the overall... I mean, you can do that at any time. So that's probably my favorite thing I've done since moving to Alaska. Uh, which, of course, you can scuba dive other places, but it is super neat to scuba dive in Alaska just because it isn't what most people think of when they think about activities to do up here. As far as uh, wintertime things... It's, it's kind of hard to say. There's no, like, one thing that's like, oh, my gosh, this is my favorite wintertime activity. Like, we have to do this this weekend. There are a lot of neat things. I have, um, I, I really discounted how fun ice fishing could be before I moved up here. I was like, yeah, I have no interest in ice fishing. It just seems super boring to me. But it is actually pretty fun. I, I enjoy it, especially if you go out with someone who, who knows what they're doing has electronics, that's really the deal, just electronics change the game, Yeah. electronics and snow machines are four wheelers to get you to wherever you need to get get to, Um, or one of these, some of these lakes they plow roads on, that's cool, so like a big lake is a big community up here in the valley and they, the community just paves, doesn't pave, it plows the snow off. A good part of the lake, so so there are literally ice roads over the lake. Hmm. And you can drive your truck out there and then just... Ice fish. Yeah. You can sit in your truck and jig. Really? (laughs) Uh, Good grief. Um, So, yeah, that's... I mean, snow machines... I mean, there are just so many different cool things. The problem with the winter time is... A lot of the stuff is... They're expensive toys, so you have to kind of pick... Like, all right, what am I gonna do? And I'm still kind of in that phase where I'm figuring out like what I'm really gonna spend some money on, investing wise. Because the first year I got some cross country skis just because there's a lot of trails and anchorage that I could do before work, in theory, if I'm able to get up. But I also have a hat tire bike because it's just super handy because you can ride your bike in the winter and then I use it in the summertime to get to places to fish that would otherwise be just hiking in but you can do a lot faster with a fat tire bike which is like a mountain bike but with a five inch wide tire
0: which is what a lot of people were doing where we fished on our first day when we went to the russian river he said yeah you, normally he would bike and you could see it was what, two and a half miles to the falls and you could see where everybody had ridden their bikes in and, and locked them on a tree and then walk down below the falls which that was really cool and, and there is a a youtube video up of us fishing there now we mentioned it a couple times but from from the falls to 600 yards below it you've got to have a subsistence license to fish it uh, which we of course do not but it was cool to be able to stand there above the falls and see all the salmon the or sockeye salmon that were trying to jump up and and move up the falls to, to spawn and then as soon as you got to that 600 yard marker people just start Lining up, and it wasn't super busy when we were there, but still, you can, there's a, a spot where you could see just how many people were, were sitting right below the marker trying to, to catch them. We saw some, we saw quite a few salmon, but never did never did catch one. Grant caught some some real pretty rainbows, but but yeah, that's that's cool, and it was obvious to see how helpful the bike would be. So not surprised that that's something you do a lot. But okay, so fish. Everybody on the boat that we fish with had their opinion on what their favorite fish to eat was. What is your favorite fish to eat? And have we caught it
1: yet on this trip? My favorite fish is whatever is in front of me. Whatever is already thawed. <laughs> um, whatever's already skinned. That's I mean, that's the main thing. is I've got so many types of fish in the freezer. It's just what's the closest to being ready to be eaten for the most part yeah i mean every every fish has its own pros you know there aren't many cons about most of the fish except for the one thing is in alaska these are all wild fish there are hatcheries in alaska but they're not putting in fish that are ready to be caught they're putting in like three inch long small that are still going to spend two or three or four or five years in the ocean before they return as adults and you catch them. So, because of that, they will have some, like, worms sometimes or different types of bacteria from the ocean, so you have to either freeze it all the way through or cook it to 140 degrees. So you have to, really, you just have to freeze your fish um, to make sure you're totally safe. Because I really like to do ceviche, uh, you know, just using a um, lime and citrus uh, concoction to denature the proteins of the fish Um, the other thing with salmon especially is you just do not overcook it like the worst thing you can do to good salmon is to overcook it and so the thing that I would just recommend to anybody is freeze your fish all the way through that way you don't have to worry about getting sick from it even if you slightly undercook it because there really is no undercooking it you can eat it raw and I've done I've made uh, some coquets with fish that is not cooked with heat. And it's delicious and totally safe, as long as it's handled properly now. Yeah. I think that's another thing that I learned, too, is back in Tennessee, there was always this perception that I felt that if you go to the grocery store, the fish that you see out on the ice in the display case is better fish than the fish that's in the freezer section, but that is definitely not always the case. Um, if I were to recommend someone in Tennessee, like where they should go to get fish, you should go to Costco, and you can get fish that is like a wild-caught Alaskan salmon that's caught and processed and, and frozen within hours um, in Bristol Bay, Alaska, and then that's, that's about the freshest fish that you can get, and it, it's the technology in freezing and processing has improved so much in the past decade or so that that's stuff in the way to get your to get your good fish because friends don't
0: let friends eat farm salmon right I've got a lot of sayings already that I'm big fans of some of them I've seen on shirts and I can't say on the podcast but one of them, spit happens friends don't let friends eat farm salmon um, darn the pebble mine. I feel like there were others. I'm sure there are. Oh, upright. And, how are you? How are you doing today? Upright and breathing. That's what every person I asked how they were doing at Homer said. So I've got to keep that with me. I think he asked two people. I did ask two people, but it's 100%. It's two for two. Numbers don't lie, but liars use numbers. So every person I asked at Homer said that. All right, last two questions. And then we're getting close to Wasilla. One is everything you miss from the States. What what do you miss the most from being in the lower 48? I mean, I, it may not Maybe you don't miss it enough to matter at all. But what is the one thing you miss? Oh, well, the thing that I say all the
1: time is... I know what it's going to be. What? Chick-fil-A. Well, I miss Chick-fil-A a lot. But it's a more general thing than that. Okay. I miss live music and produce. Uh, Yeah. Because we have some good bands up here, but there's not a ton of them, and it's not like it's an night thing. And the produce up here, like I, I, I call Alaska the land of sad bananas. It's <laughs> I, I don't remember the last time I bought bananas. I don't remember buying avocados more than maybe twice in my year and a half here. Just because bananas go straight from green to black, they're never yellow. And... Oh, tomatoes. One time last summer, tomatoes were the same price at the grocery store as Honeycrisp apples. They were $3.50 a pound. Wow. And they're the most flavorless tomatoes you've ever had in your life. So I really miss having good, fresh produce. We do have lots of uh, things like carrots and potatoes and that kind of stuff. Up where we're heading to the Matanisca Valley is the agricultural center of the state. And right now in the summer, when you have these continuous days of of sunlight and twilight they grow massive plants but it's the it's the other things you know the the, the tomatoes and those types of things that we just can't really grow up here because it's not hot enough that makes sense
0: and on the on the music thing you also have to remember grant went to school in nashville he grew up in a music, a very musically talented family, and he went to school at Belmont, where he had a live of concerts of music and good music every single night of the week. So yeah, that would definitely be what you miss. All right, last one to wrap it up. What's the one thing? You, what's the number one thing on your list in Alaska that you have not done yet?
1: Oof. That you want to do? Well, my goal is to spearfish the world record king salmon. Ooh. Wow. So I haven't done that yet. There you go. Have you spear have you ever spear fished? I've spear fished a beer can. Okay. Spear fished a beer can.
0: It's good practice. Yeah, that's what I assume. Especially for a king salmon. I mean, if you can hit a beer can, you can hit a world record king salmon. I mean beer, Is it? beer cans don't swim away. No, but I feel like if you hit something that size, if you multiply it by ten, then I feel like the movement doesn't even matter. You can hit it. Alright, getting close to Wasilla, looking forward to a wrapping trip, we're passing Eklutna. Is that how
1: you say that? It's Eklutna. Eklutna. And if you want to see some interesting uh, documentaries of sorts, you should look up, restoring the Eklutna River. That's been a big effort by Trout Unlimited in Alaska to uh, restore that river. There's a lake up, Eklutna Lake, and it was uh, dammed to provide hydro electricity or hydropower electricity and it diverted most of the water away from the Eklutna River and so this river that used to have all these I'm not sure whether it had all five species of salmon off the top of my head or not but it had these salmon runs basically go down to next to nothing because all the water was diverted now they've gotten one of the dams already removed and they're working to restore that river, which, um, there are, there's not a whole lot of impoundments in Alaska, and so the fact that they're getting that one up and, uh, I guess flowing again is, is pretty unique, unique for the state, um, and pretty special because it's not like Washington and Oregon in the northwest where they just put up dams everywhere and erect their salmon streams, but there's this one here in Alaska that's happening right now. That's kind of cool. That is cool. It's very cool. Eklutna. Restoring the Eklutna River.
0: Alright. Well, Grant, thanks for being on the podcast. Not that you really had anywhere else to go, because you got me in the car for all day and even longer, so thanks for just talking while I hit record. But, thanks for listening to the podcast. I believe this is episode number 14. We're keeping it rolling, and we'll probably... You'll probably hear from us again once we get back to Anchorage here in a few days. So thanks for listening. Check out some updates on YouTube. You can see the videos we've we've been putting up so far from the trip, and you'll hear from us again before before too long. Thanks for listening to episode 14 of Fenced Forest. Goodbye.